time to tune up the band and rest in peace. Or as The Rock, when he always did his impression of Undertaker, die, 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 for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Ridden and Dan, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Hello, chaps. Wasn't it always great? Like, Dwayne had one of the best impressions of Undertaker, didn't he? <laughs> It's yes. really good, I gotta say. <laughs> he rolled his eyes back <laughs> and his head just goes, Rest in peace. The man, oh. the man had a way. The man had a way, I'll say that. Yeah. He did indeed. How are you chaps doing this week? Very it's been, tired. It's been a pretty good week. I, I, am, I am a little busy, but the good kind of busy. So, yeah. I think fairly sa- fairly sane. I can I, I can relate to that. But then again, you know, like life as it is, is always one panic after the other. So you know. Oh. Yeah, life oh, finds a way. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you damn right. Um. But no, um, we're getting ever so closer to Mania, which means I'm getting a little bit more hyped and excited. You know, Mania week is coming around as well, so I'm here. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more announcements coming around. It means I get to see infinitely more awful takes. Well, that as well. Yes, yes. (laughs) But alas, but but yeah, it gets me all it gets me all excited. Always Mania week is always a good week for wrestling in general, if you ask me. So. Uh, I always get excited for this time of the year. Anyway, we give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. Listen, (laughs) The Undertaker's streak is impressive. But our streak of always pending will go on from now until the end of damn time, we will always be pending other platforms. Until Brock Lesnar concusses us and give it delivers free F5s to each of us. We'll you get... know, that might do it, actually. Yeah, yeah no, actually, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that might do it. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that one eventually. But no, uh, before we get on and talk about our memories and running down of the streak... At WrestleMania, it's time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Down. Wrestling news. Okay, so what do you got for us, Dan? Uh, obviously, in the run-up to Mania, one of the big things has been uh, what the Mania card is shaping up to look like. Uh, it currently looks like Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte will be the main event to night one, which has caused quite a bit of controversy. For some bizarre reason, why is <clears throat> Why? Why this one? Like I don't, I don't remember yeah. specifically Sasha and Bianca from a couple of manias ago kicking up such a storm. Is it because it's just Charlotte Flair again, and it's I, that I, thing? I legit, I legitimately think it's just like, why is Charlotte getting it? I think that I think that's the thing because obviously, like you have, um, <clears throat> you have Sammy and. KO and the Usos and everything. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, that should be leading night one. And this match, I mean, I, I don't know. I was going to say this match has come out of nowhere, but I haven't been watching the product. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but I've seen some people saying this has come out of nowhere and they're just doing it for the sake of doing it, which feels like a shame um, if that is the case. But um, obviously, you know, with that, with uh, Rhea and Charlotte leading, 
It's been uh, a big... sets up an interesting hmm. place for everything. I think. I think it's been a big shame that in 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 light of this though that the that the um that the Raw Women's Championship match seems to just really have taken the back seat, and that's a shame considering that it's Bianca Belair and Asuka for crying out loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's not the matter of the... Like, there's a lot to it. Like, honestly, there are better matches that... Or, or at least better match-ups. Yeah. I'm kind of with people on it, where I'm just like, wait, why this one? Mm. Why? I don't get. I actually legitimately. I don't get it. I mean, a like, lot of people would have liked to have seen the Intercontinental ma- uh, title match in Night One. I would have been kind of like, you know what, Gunter main event in Night One against Drew and Sheamus. That would have been quite cool to have seen. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's not. It's like there's a lot of where there like there are objectively like <laughs> more interesting matches that people want to see as the main event. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with people on this. It's just rare. It's rare that I'm actually with the internet when it comes to this shit. <laughs> it's well, it doesn't matter because we know what the real main event should be. What? Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Hell yeah! Hello, my Homo sapiens. <laughs> Homo sapiens rise up. Oh, dum, dum, what, dum, a, dum, dum. what a what a great name for fans i know right that's just that's just so fucking inspired whoever came up with that get yourself a drink mate homo sapiens are unreal it's unreal it goes so hard thank you every single deadlockite (laughs) for for putting over homo sapiens i mean also though i love the 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 say no to homophobia memes <laughs> especially because it's set up because of like um a couple of the deadlock guys and stuff have them been using that on like people in wrestling who are being shitty mm. or like the most recent one has been um a couple of like well-known wrestling twitter accounts have just been like verging into transphobia so now just there's just Omos there. Just spamming the replies is brilliant. I love it. Beautiful. He's become he's become such he's become such an incredible <laughs> ambassador for just being based, I think, Omos. It's great. We all just we all just like Omos. So that's it. It's I think we I think I think honestly wrestling's reaching its post irony phase. Exactly. I mean, I feel if, if we haven't about... been there forever, exactly. been there forever. I feel no, but like you know how like most wrestling media has or it, you know is traditionally run by the wrestling old guard, yeah, and everything. Look, I have a big respect. I feel like I feel like I feel like we're reaching the point now where we're reaching wrestling's reaching its like nineteen <clears> twenties <throat> surrealist art phase. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, exactly. I I have a bit of respect for Omos, not only because just basically he just seems like such a nice guy. Like if you've seen that performance center video where he went back to Nigeria to visit his family, you can tell that man's just an absolute wholesome being. But also the fact that he was trained by Kevin Nash and Chris Hero. That's fucking based. (laughs) That that suddenly a lot of things about almost makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm now just here thinking about like wrestling really reaching its point where we're embracing the post irony of the internet. Yeah, 
So this is this can only get better. Exactly, exactly. And, and besides, this is a big hoss match. We do love our big hoss matches. We do. We do. Um, I mean, because that's probably why I'm looking forward to the IC title match as well, because it's going to be three hosses absolutely beat, like kicking lumps out of one another, and it's going to be great. <laughs> I love the fact that the IC title means something again. You know? It's amazing what you can do when you put it on someone that people actually care about and give them a program people actually care about. Mm. Talking about people that care about, LA Knight. All I'm saying is that man does deserve a Mania match. But it just seems like they're making it... I don't know. I feel like LA Knight deserves a little bit more than kind of like having the whole, I don't know, losing all the time until he gets to Mania thing. Comedy mm. spot almost. Yeah, but like... The problem I'm having with LA Knight, and I don't know whether this this is probably just exclusive to me. Um, LA Knight is just feeling like um, <laughs> I was gonna say a tribute act, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like they they have they have in there, and they want to do stuff with him, but like the reason that people like him i feel like he's verging on less that what because he's la knight and more because he they remind him of the rock and steve <laughs> austin yeah yeah and that's that's a, i i don't i don't but uh, i don't personally like that the reasoning as to why people like him is because that the guy's got charisma like, that's that's a lot more different than Rock and like like uh, I don't know if yeah. it's just because I spend too much time online, which is again <laughs> an entirely valid criticism against me. <clears throat> but like I feel like most of the people I see where they're like, oh, like I really like LA Knight, and they're like, I like LA Knight because he reminds me of Attitude Era Wrestling, and I'm like, well, no, he's LA Knight. It's like, yeah, <laughs> these are two separate things. Yes, he does have that air about him. Mm. But like that doesn't mean we need to treat him like a fucking WrestleMania tribute act <laughs> to 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 make another UK Undertaker joke. <laughs> oh God, damn it! <laughs> like you, you know just what I mean. Had to bring it up. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what I mean, though, right? I know. No, no, I know exactly what you mean in that regard. Which is why I'm kind of like, no, nah, he kind of deserves a little more than what he's been given at the at this time. I mean, you got given Max Dupree for crying out loud, but so you know, he does deserve a little <laughs> bit more. But um, oh gosh, um. We get. It looks like we're getting the smack. Oh, sorry, the tag team title match that I think we all knew we were getting, which was Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos. Now, after they've now patched things up, thanks to Cody the Mediator, <laughs> and it looks like we're now getting uh, that title tag title match. Which I'm surprised that's not the. If, if if when it's going to be announced, that isn't the main event of night one. You know. Yeah. Strange. Oh strange Very bizarre. but you know we keep bundling along the road to wrestlemania and hopefully vince will not try to you know leave his mark his 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 skid mark across the pay-per-view <laughs> give triple h a chance for crying out loud to try at least once at a wrestlemania before you and your mustache come back Oh my god. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what's not going to leave a skid mark on wrestling? Or I hope not, at least, anyway. 
Kenny Omega versus Vikingo, because that seems like it's going to be awesome. I love it. It's going to be. It's just going to be as 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 as. I mean, I said it's it, going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome highlight reel match. Exactly. But oh, everything yeah. else will probably be pretty damn good as well. Uh, as as Kalisto <clears throat> once said, it's going to be good lucha thing. Yes. <laughs> Great lucha thing. Um. Uh, yeah. AEW. I from what I watched this week, it's not too bad. We had a we had a promo between the the ugh, four pillars of AEW, which uh, which is what I <laughs> I when someone was talking about it, I tweeted back. Well, I don't see Wheeler Yuta, Daniel Garcia, Lee Moriarty, and Hook in the ring. <laughs> Look, listen, right? I don't like this show. Like, I I'm not the biggest fan of of this kind of like this marketing huge thing of putting these, thrusting these four guys as calling themselves the pillars of the company, because that just... It I'm just, just not a fan of Sammy Guevara. Well, I mean, who is? I mean, let's be honest. Sammy Guevara. It's a weird one. I can understand it. I can understand why they now want to thrust these four into the main event scene, yada, yada, yada. I'm just saying, you've got better talent in terms of what you would like to call the pillars of your company. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> But it wasn't like a bad the, promo. It's, like the, it's for... like the thing of, um, <clears throat> sorry to go back to WWE. Um, <clears throat> when I was talking, I was talking to someone, and it was like, "Oh, it's crazy where some of these, like, um, some of these talents have like gone over the years." And it's like, uh, and they mentioned Austin Theory, and I was like, "That dude was like <laughs> the most evolved guy at Evolve," <laughs> and even then. <laughs> He never got up to much. <laughs> Fucking Sammy Guevara. <laughs> true. It's true. <sighs> hey, at least, look, on a plus side of AEW, at least we got fucking Jeff Jarrett, baby. <laughs> Babe, by the way, his match with Orange Cassidy for the international title was the highest rated segment on that week's Dynamite. Hell yeah. He is Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> And he is still a draw, basically. So, so I was going to say, so what you're telling me is that Jeff Jarrett drew. Mm-hmm. That's it. And he will always be a draw, baby. <laughs> there we go. Nature Wrestling is honestly healing. Also, Nature I'm very... Wrestling mm. really is just the weirdest shit, huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I am so happy to see Stu Grayson back and, now and getting his plaudits as well um, yep. in AEW. That man is an incredible wrestler. And hopefully now with all of this, um, not only does Stu Grayson get a much better chance than he was when he did leave the company, but now the Dark Order get a tag title run. A serious this tag is, title this run is, this time. This is the vision. This is the vision. <laughs> Let us hope anyway. Well, I mean, Hangman Page is now looking like he's going back to the Elite, but we'll see what happens there, shall it's we? It's okay. We'll be, we'll be all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So that's AEW stuff. Um, I, I'm not going to talk about some of the bad news that's come out this week in wrestling. Um, yeah, because because there are there are there are people who are much better informed than us to talk about that. So go and see them. Um, go if you're and thinking about the story, Hellbot. <laughs> um, if you're thinking of the story that um, we are thinking of right now, um, post wrestling just put up a really good piece about it. Mm. Um, I imagine Fightful are probably reporting on it at some point i haven't seen much from them but i know post wrestling put up a really good piece about it um on the last bit before we move on um 
Impact just seems to be built on just making stacked cards. They have been so, recently. It's crazy, actually. They've just been going absolutely nutty with it. Um, so, hey, maybe Impact's worth a check out. Scott Damore, you crazy Canadian bastard. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing down there, but... Um... He's yeah. cooking. He's cooking. He's he, no, 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 like legit. Like he's cooking something down there. Like um, just see, like looking at the card for sacrifice as well, and it's just like, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. <laughs> but hey, there, there we go. I mean, like, in terms of, did you see actually talking of impact? Did you see? Fucking Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov reuniting. <laughs> uh, no, but that sounds like the most impact segment possible. It was amazing. <laughs> Fucking Vladimir Kozlov. I would never have thought in a million years seeing a backstage segment with Santino Does he Morella. still look like a GTA NPC? No, he looks, he looks ginormous. Like, he was big in WWE, but he's completely shredded now. Oh Jesus! And it looks like he he left out or or, or cut out his diet of Pringles in a bowl. Uh, <laughs> oh dear! Double double E. <laughs> I love double double E. <laughs> Still one of the best segments on Raw. I love double double E. <laughs> anyway. Right. Uh, with that, we are done with the news. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Dad. Reardon. This week's recommendation, Cornia. What do you have for us? Guys, I normally like to keep, like, recommendation corner to be, like, really happy. This is a very, you know, this is a very happy part of the show. So I will make actually a one quick mention of something that I just started. I started watching Babylon Berlin. Oh, hell yeah. Which is which is uh, um the german which is the german show detailing the last the last days of the weimar republic it's great mm. but and like normally i would speak more on it more of my thoughts on it but then lance reddick died yeah what the fuck yeah it came out of nowhere i remember, i i got the news 10 minutes after it been reported and i was like i I can't believe this. I told you to, and I think it was a collective what the hell. I legitimately, when you sent it to me, legitimately was like, hang on a minute, and and like fact-checked, because it seemed so incorrect. Mm. But... So Lance, Lance Reddick is in, was an incredible actor, is an incredible actor, and, and was in everything he always was. What, like... And... A guy who immediately elevated a project purely because he was a tremendous character actor. Yeah, just a tremendous, tremendous actor who you he, just he pay he pays great testament to the mindset of it. It doesn't matter if you only have two lines; you better nail those two lines exactly. And he nailed it every <laughs> single time. So I am going to be recommending. Basically anything he's in. 
there are quite a few things that I watched. Um, I watched I watched a few of his comedic stuff because, like everything, he was also a hilarious <clears throat> comedic actor. Yeah. Uh, speaking of him being brilliant at dealing with comedy, uh, Lance Reddick on the Eric Andre Show. Lance, Re- Lance Reddick on the Eric it's like Andre my, Show. It's like my second favorite appearance behind Tyler the Creator. Yeah. <laughs> There have been some really good ones. He is in the running as, as and like, he's not in that. He's not in that episode for long, and it's just amazing. Oh he's yeah, in that, yeah, he's in that for at least a maximum, an absolute max of like three to four minutes. Yes. and it's some of the best in the entire run of the show. I wish I were Lavar Burton. <laughs> just the best. Um, there's a great um. Key and Peel sketch mm-hmm. him in it. Oh hell yeah! Talking talking about gay weddings, incredible, incredible. He only and again he only has like a few lines and he nails every single one of them. Uh, have you ever oh. seen his funny or die skit? Oh yes, his the uh, the toys are me. The toys are me, which is just <laughs> unbelievable as well. There's just everything he's in, he elevates. And, and, like, we could keep talking about him for ages and not even get to The Wire, and it's the fucking Wire. Yeah, like, I've told so many people, like, The Wire's one of my favourite shows, and made me, like, like, that was one of my first times I ever saw Lance Reddick as well, and playing, like, and Cedric Daniels is such an incredible character as well, and he just plays it with such conviction as well, and it just made me fall in love with Lance Reddick as an actor. And so I kind of like followed everything that he did. Yes, he was even the best part of that god awful Resident Evil series last year. Oh, I said to you guys, part. it's like, if all right, I in terms of the casting decisions, if they were going to pick someone different for uh, Albert Wesker, Lance Reddick was the guy to pick to play Albert Wesker. <laughs> like, yes. like I knew that. I'm not gonna lie. I knew that 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 Resident Evil thing was probably not gonna be very good. But I knew uh, that Lance Reddick was gonna be boss ass in it. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like boss. he's just gonna have one absolutely n- one character going absolutely nutty, and then the rest of it is just horrible. I remember. Yeah. Did you remember when I showed you that that like the the shot from the last episode where he was in full Albert Wesker gear, looking like Blade? <laughs> yeah, the best. And it's just. The uh, the horrible thing is that it's like he was like he had he had things coming up. He was gonna be Zeus in the new Percy Jackson. It was gonna be great, and it's just it's just ridiculous. I'm still in shock. So yeah, rest in peace, Lance Reddick. Unbelievable talent, and you will be missed. Damn right, damn right. From as far as what I've heard, he he did have bits filmed for Percy Jackson, mm. for the Percy Jackson series. So it will be it remains to be seen whether they will use them uh, or not. Yeah. I hope that they they filmed I was enough say, to I, be able to use. I was it. gonna say I hope that they do anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, yeah, I I hope I hope that I hope that there was enough shot that they can that they can have him in. I really do. But man, this is gonna make me even like, man, this is gonna make me want to watch John Wick four even more now. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, one of my favorite characters in John Wick, Caron, was just incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, with all that being said, it is time to get on with the main portion of our episode. The Undertakers, 
streak at WrestleMania. Fellas, what do you think about streaking? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome. Uh, listen, it, That's uh, awesome. it peaked in the 70s and 80s, had a good run in the 90s. Whatever happened? What happened to those times? Society got boring. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, first question I want to ta- ask you about this is, what are, or what was your first exposure to the streak? Basically, what was your first WrestleMania match that you saw The Undertaker in? <laughs> Sam, are you ready for my answer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you guess which WrestleMania it is? WrestleMania 23, baby! There we go, baby! <laughs> That's it awesome! Wrestle- it was WrestleMania 23, The Undertaker versus Batista. <laughs> Hell yeah. Of which we will obviously talk to that, talk about that match when we get to it. Um, but yeah, that was my first exposure to um, the streak. Um, the only other defining thing I remember about this streak is when I was younger, I had this book about the WWE. I can't remember what it was. Um, it it was some book about like WrestleMania or something, mm. and it had a double page spread in it of all the matches. Yes. That were in the streak up to that point, which I think at that point was like, I want to say it was probably like up to WrestleMania twenty six, mm-hmm. and I remember reading through it and being like, "Oh, I never knew about any of these." I was like the the like the early ones, mm. <laughs> um. And and all of that, so that was my initial exposure to the streak. Interesting. What about yours, Raiden? What was the first match you saw of Undertaker streak? I started off right. I um, it was Shawn Michaels one, I believe. Ooh, that would have been WrestleMania. That would have been WrestleMania twenty five. No, I'm not calling it the twenty fifth anniversary because it's wrong. <laughs> they don't know how to do maths. Uh, well, on, that's man. well, that's America for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! And uh, they'll watch as we get fucking Melee and all the baseball boys from North of America. <laughs> no, I I feel like Melee would agree with us. <laughs> probably, probably. My... But yeah, no. Mm. That's a good I mean, one. That's a good yeah. one. What about you, Sam? What do you got? Mine would have been WrestleMania 17, which was the first match between him and Triple H. You know, oh. the one where they go to the scaffolding and he chokeslabs Triple H into the it, onto the concrete, but you find that actually Hell was in yeah. a, it was into you, a soft pillow. <laughs> you 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 get into the one where like you you got into the one where like the streak became the streak. Interesting. In it, yeah, it was yeah, pretty much. That was when it did become. It started to become quite a thing. Um, so yeah, after that, I guess the one I remember more fondly, funnily enough, would have been WrestleMania twenty. But we'll get into the reasoning as to why that is in a, in a moment. Um, yeah. So shall we? Shall we? Before, like, shall I give you a little backstory into kind of uh, before because. Basically, I'll go in more in depth into the career of of Mark Calloway whenever we do a, a retrospective on yeah. the, on the person. But a little backstory into kind of Taker leading up to uh, kind of how this all became to be a thing. Hmm. 
So, as we all know, WrestleMania, yada yada yada, greatest stage of them all, Undertaker debuts in 1990, makes my brother feel really old, considering he was born in the same year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, plied his way through uh, the Indies, eventually making his way to World Championship Wrestling when he became Mean Mark Callis. Of course, debuts in 1990 as The Undertaker. Actually, funnily enough, fun fact, he that wasn't his original name. Taker's original name was Kane The Undertaker. Fascinating. They needed to they needed to specify which Undertaker it was. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird when you go back and, like, it wasn't Paul Bearer as well that it was his manager. It was Brother Love. So Bruce Pritchard to, was his manager. You have to go. I love the idea of it because this is completely separate. Anyway, um, it's a whole concept that you get with like languages and social units where like people's last names have come from their jobs. Yeah, yeah. So he was Kane the Undertaker, which specifies there must have been more than one Kane. Hmm. <laughs> That's a if good. You, yeah, that's if, right. If you follow on that thread, <clears throat> oh, you're right. Actually, it comes from the idea that then there's more than one cane. So like, so so, so the cane there are multiple canes with jobs. Yeah. So the cane, cane that... the arsonist. Yeah. Cane the, cane, cane the undertaker. Cane the cane the arsonist. Cane the undertaker. Yeah. That's right. Like, and I guess if he has like a, that's like because uh, Mark has a daughter. Mark Calloway has a daughter. I believe so. Yes. So, like, in terms of, like, Norse, it would be, like, whatever her name is, Undertaker Daughter, or something like that. <laughs> the I- Instead of the UK Undertaker, we're dealing with the Icelandic Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, if there was another Undertaker, that one would be Abel the Undertaker. Sorry, that was terrible. No, no, that's, oh. no. oh, that's good. That's good. I like Come that. On. Quick thinking, quick thinking. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, do... Two two morticians and two undertakers just oh no wait we got that in SummerSlam what am I talking about <laughs> you, know what, you know what though you know what though I would have actually kind of like like low key respected it if Kane in like like Kane Kane was called Abel if they just made that big like no no that is the Undertaker's actual name we just call him the Undertaker <laughs> we don't have any other Undertakers in this company he is the one uh, Kane the Undertaker versus. <laughs> Steve the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> hey Jeff, what, what Jeff, when you're not wrestling, what what do you do? Ah, oh, well I'm an Undertaker, thank you for asking. <laughs> so you're Jeff the Undertaker. Yes. So where were we? We were talking. I would really about... spice up working in the funeral directors. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? Oh yeah, I was talking about the Undertaker. What led him to WrestleMania? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what led what led to WrestleMania? So he debuts in November at Survivor Series and is quickly thrust into kind of like the role of being the the big imposing dude, absolutely devouring jobbers left, right, and center. And of course, through all of this, he would eventually go up to uh, be promoted to established stars. Basically, the 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 big names in the eighties that weren't so big now in the 90s which led to his very first match at a wrestlemania <clears throat> oh gosh oh, I, oh God. it had to it had to be this one so yeah yeah yes yes wrestlemania 7 yeah versus jimmy snooker oh for fuck's sake <laughs> uh, well we're starting off we're starting off hot <laughs> yeah right God. oh gosh not really much to say about this match it went for about 
four minutes. Nothing long at all. Taker doing his usual stick as he as he was then, of absolutely devouring his opponent. <clears throat> Tombstone so pile driver. They... So basically, what you're telling me is that even by the first match, uh, the Undertaker had already figured out his work rate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We've got come for me, Undertaker fans. Come on, do it. <laughs> Tombstone, and as Gorilla Monsoon said, condolences to Mr. Snooker, which now seems a little bit more kind of <laughs> seems 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 a bit ironic now, doesn't it? <laughs> Did you know, right, uh, Dad? This will make you laugh. This was the same ma- this was the same WrestleMania where we had Virgil the Babyface going up against Ted DiBiase, but also wow. Genichiro Tenryu and Koji Katawa were in this, and they faced oh, demolition. Yeah. <coughs> Fucking no, I, I do remember this. I do remember this, yes. <laughs> uh this I think this is that the time where they had that um relation the was, WWF would it have was the Super relationship. World of Sport, wasn't yeah, it? They had the relationship with Super World of Sports. Basically, Genesio Temryu appeared was in like one rumble, I think it was. Two rumbles, as a matter of fact. But this was actually the relationship between them and Super <laughs> World of Sports was because WWF wanted to kind of slyly make their way into having a Tokyo Dome show. And that was the only way they could get a Tokyo Dome show. <laughs> was to partner up with Super World of Sports. How did that go for them, guys? Not well. Not well <laughs> at all. <laughs> they had Hulk Hogan going over, so you know. That's not going to work for me, dude. Or maybe it will, brother. <laughs> anyway, WrestleMania 2, we get a much better, much better start. At WrestleMania 8, we get Jake Roberts versus The Undertaker. This, by the way, I find was a tremendous mania, only if not for the fact that we got Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the WWF Championship, which was a tremendous match if you go back and watch it. Because, come on, it's Flair and Savage. This match as well was really freaking good. Finally, Undertaker dropped the Kane name. He actually got Paul Bearer as well, thank goodness. So we now we're now into like the Undertaker at this point. Yeah, we and have very, certified what the Undertaker actually is at this point. A very solid match from both involved, if you ask me. I mean, Roberts was winding down. He'd soon leave the company to join WCW. Mm. Yeah, um, things hadn't gone completely off the rails yet. No, we we haven't we haven't had twenty one. I've got twenty two just yet. Gosh, uh, but oh, I, I say all this knowing that the actual main event was Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice. It was the one where pa- Papa Shango missed his cue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh Sid. <laughs> oh, Can we told... do a Sid retrospective? <laughs> oh, I want to do a Sid retrospective because I want to talk about how many times he left wrestling to go go play softball. <laughs> what? Yes, Sid, okay. Sid, 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 as in the psycho Sid, um, would quit wrestling for like months at a time and just go and play softball. Okay, so yeah, we'll put that on the list because I'm fascinated by that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, again, a, a much better match than we got from from his first uh, WrestleMania. This one went a little bit longer as well, only lasting about six minutes. Um. All in all, a quite a solid match and well worth going back to. There is now finally I get to say, at the peak of his early of, of his early streak, we get WrestleMania 9, baby. It is Undertaker versus Giant <laughs> Gonzalez. Let's fucking go. 
I love many things about this. <laughs> one of the one of the biggest things being that they really just were like, we're at Caesar's Palace, so we're gonna commit. I'm sorry, Caesar's Palace car park. It's close enough. <laughs> but also the fact of the Undertaker making an entrance while everything is Roman themed. And in broad daylight. Yes. <laughs> it, it it really just ticks all the boxes for man, this is awful. Now <laughs> I wanna ask you two a question. Have you seen this match? Now when I say that, have you watched the match in its entirety? Or have you only ever seen the two snippets the WWE only put out of this match is the Undertaker's entrance with the vulture and take a choking giant Gonzalez, and that's the yeah, only basically. things they show you of the match. The only good things about that match, because I'm looking at, I'm looking at what it, what, what happened in it, because I've got the, I've got it all up, and yeah, that that really tracks for this. That, just... that that honestly really is basically everything that happens worth of note that they've made out of this match. Anything else is basically just pointless. If it might as well not exist. If you've ever wanted to see two giant babies flailing about, I recommend <laughs> Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez, especially for the way it ends, right? This is the only DQ victory the Undertaker has okay, in his WrestleMania but, but, but here's But here's the, here's the, here's the part, right? Oh, Can I just say, Reardon, do you know the finish of this match? I don't, which is why I'm okay. just looking... All right, looking okay, at okay, 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 okay. I'm looking now, at that here's one. What now, here's what I'm going to do, okay? In a match between The Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez, right? right? That ends in a DQ. Right. What reasonable way do you think this could have ended in a DQ? Um, I'm imagining, like, because it's saying DQ and very specifically not count out, so definitely, like, he uses a weapon or... I guess or you he, could like, say that. No, 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 Sam, Sam, let him finish. <laughs> or, or, like, or, like, he, like, or, like, Gonzalez, like, hits, like, Paul Bearer or something like that, or hits the referee, like... See, now for ages I was told that this went this was a DQ. And I just assumed, right, because of what I'd seen and Giant was I assumed it was one of those things where like, you know, they like they met they like they missed up the count, like the five count or whatever. Yeah. Um Sam, can I fill Rin in on how this ends? Oh, absolutely. The floor is okay, yours. Okay, so this this match ends with Giant Gonzalez trying to knock The Undertaker out using chloroform. I mean, he gets a he gets given a cloth and puts it over The Undertaker's face, which is apparently has chloroform on it, um, and uses it to put The Undertaker to sleep, and then is DQ'd. <laughs> and the only oh thing God. I ever want to know is I want to know who was the producer on this match and whatever they had can I have some <laughs> so the, the, my, my first question is to this is it like kayfabe especially at this point isn't the Undertaker dead yes like no one no yes. one chokes him out 
He's a he's like a... like we have we have to specify that the Undertaker at this point is by all means assumed to be an undead wizard. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is undead wizard taker. So all this is specifying to me is that actually wrestling um, applies uh, JRPG rules, mm -hmm. which means <laughs> that the Undertaker is not immune to the sleep condition. God, now you've made me think. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because, I, as a very quick sidebar, I always loved how people call like you know him the undead, like undead wizard taker. When there's a very like we all play RPGs, we all play Dungeons and Dragons. He's a lich. He's a literal yes, lich. He, he, yes. no, he is a he is a lich. And he, um, as I as I have had arguments with people before, he is a lich, and that the urn is his phylactery. Yeah. Wait, how do you have arguments about that? That's literally what he is. No, okay. I with a D and D group I was in. Okay. I was there was me who being my big wrestling fan. There was one other guy who like knew anything about wrestling. Right. And the DM didn't know what I was talking about, and I was like, no, you have to understand. This is not like like the Undertaker is not a canon lich in wrestling. But by D and D terms, he is in fact a lich. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and for some reason, it. he felt the need to dispute that. I don't know why. <laughs> why did he dispute? Why you are? Entirely I also this, this this is a whole separate conversation. We're getting sidetracked. Anyway, I'm going to do this anyway. Um, I tried to define what the fiend was in D and D terms. Mm. Um, and I. I came up with him being a lich anyway, just because it was the thing that made the most sense and was the most convenient. Um, I'll the problem is, after that. I'll well, I, I made I made him I made him uh, I made him a lich, and I said that the um his phylact his phylactery was Bray Wyatt's lantern. That makes <laughs> I I understand that in terms of reference, but in terms of like what is what is Bray Wyatt? That's not a lich. I think he's like something else. I know what it is off the top of my head. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay, WrestleMania ten. His fourth, his fourth, his fourth victory would be against King Kong Bundy. We're, we're really we're hitting talking, the. Entire, we're, not, we're we're really we're really just hitting up the heroes of wrestling cast, aren't we? Oh, we yeah. are. We are a dead sub. Now, here's here's the thing. Uh, sorry, Wrestle. I, this is sorry. This isn't WrestleMania ten. This is WrestleMania eleven. My apologies. I I, I made a I made I made a boo boo. I made a boo boo there. Um, WrestleMania eleven is at a time where the WWF is pretty much at its lowest. Nineteen ninety five. To give you a a a, a, a like. Uh, like what, like the state it was in. The main this the, this was the main event where Lawrence Taylor went up against Bam Bam Bigelow. Based. Oh boy. Um, and if and I completely forgot that it wasn't just Lawrence Taylor, but he had the the entirety of the NFL's best with him at ringside. He had Carl Banks, Ricky Jackson, Steve Mungo McMichael. Ken Norton Jr., Chris Spielman, and Reggie White. I'm talking like that's peak '90s NFL there. And I love El the fact they managed to get Reggie White as well. I know. I mean, we all uh, love Mongo, but <laughs> never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, this is that. This is how bad it was. Like we had, we. I mean, like that was the main event. And then, and that wasn't even the WWF. That wasn't even for the WWF Championship because it was that was under that was the undercard. That was Diesel versus Shawn Michaels. 
But this one was at a time where King Kong Bundy was part of Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Corporation. And they were gunning to take out The Undertaker after having a huge rivalry with him for so long. Which of course saw as well the Undertaker versus Undertaker match at SummerSlam uh, as well. Uh, this match, it's not bad, but it's not that memorable. Because uh, this is a way past his prime King Kong Bundy at this point. <laughs> like, this mm. isn't like 1986 King Kong Bundy who yeah, faced no, off we're, against we're like way, Hulk Hogan. We're like way past the fact at this point. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, there was a good old school from, from Undertaker hitting Bundy. And of course, basically, it was just kind of like shenanigans after that, which saw kind of like DBRC and members of the corporation trying to take out The Undertaker, but were unsuccessful in that. Uh, and uh, yeah, power slam, clothesline, not even a tombstone. It was just a power slam and clothesline, one, two, three, and he's won. <laughs> I'm guessing because doing a tombstone <laughs> on King Kong Bundy's not the easiest gonna be thing quite to do. Tough. That's going to be difficult, even for a guy like like Taker. Okay, know. so here we go for the next one. In my honesty, this is probably the first good match he had. Uh, it was Diesel versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 12. Um, if you know anything about this match, it's probably it's probably one of the best build-ups he's had so far um the one being where he uh he uh wheeled a coffin out on a series on an episode of superstars uh yeah. during a diesel match and diesel opens the casket to find himself in the <laughs> casket in a great piece of editing here is where they pre-recorded a close-up of of diesel in the casket but it was a kind of like a, a like a dummy inside it like a like a full-on dummy of diesel in there great bit of like editing camera work and being able to actually show there's like diesel in there and the shocked for good acting on kevin nash's part as yeah. well um that's like to go to the, the sure kind of like sh sheer shock of seeing himself in the casket and there's a reason why he's also in magic mike and john wick everybody <laughs> of course yeah. he's got the, he's got them chops and of course his most memorable role in uh in the punisher uh I mean, you know. Yeah. Actually, most people would probably say the longest yard, but that's because you know, he actually did have quite a good, <laughs> good couple yeah. of lines in the longest yard. <laughs> but yeah, ah, this... the longest yard. Sorry, continue. Uh, sorry, you just got me thinking about about Stone Cold Steve Austin saying the N word a bit too real. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no. Yeah, yeah. That library scene, man. We Ooh. we we've said we've said about that. We've said it before, and I'll say it again. <laughs> uncomfortable to a degree that i was not prepared for continue <laughs> continue this was a great big hoss match of two big guys just big booting the hell out of one another i can stand by that yeah it's very it. interesting that this is the this is the first um this is the first match to go double digits for the streak exactly yeah this one match lasted i think nearly 17 minutes as well uh, this one. If anyone knows about like the the great shot of this, it's uh it's Undertaker or it's Kevin Na or Diesel, sorry, going for the tombstone. Uh, Undertaker reversing it into a tombstone of his own. One, two, three, 
Taker wins, and it's that great panning shot. Oh, sorry, not panning shot. That great kind of like zoom out shot of Kevin Nash in the center of the ring, arms crossed out, and just pans, uh, zooms out of the ring, and then just it like fills the entire Arrowhead pond, and you see the entire crowd just kind of, I guess, mourning, more like cheering over the this the uh, well the apparent demise of Diesel. <laughs> Of course, this was, of course, the same WrestleMania where Sean and Brett would have that amazing Iron Man match as well. So, not a bad WrestleMania to turn it around. But, with every good WrestleMania in Undertaker's streak comes a bad one. And thus, we get, for the first time in his streak for the WWF Championship, it's Undertaker versus Psycho Sid. <laughs> Hello, Sid. How you doing? Hey, Sid. The first... The first streak match that is a main event. And how the hell can you go on after Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin had probably one of the most amazing matches in the company's history? I'll tell you how. By, you having, Bret Hart, by having Bret Hart come out every five minutes during this match. That's the only way you can save this main event. I kid you not, they had Brett come out a number of times during this match. <laughs> it's, it's... I mean, look, many people would argue that Sid can do no wrong. And by many people, I mean, like, literally two people in the wrestling community. <laughs> there are dozens of them. I was going to say, what are you talking about, Dad? There's a few no, people. You... There's a lot of people. <laughs> okay. You can count them on two hands. <laughs> <laughs> But not all things can be necessarily perfect. Uh, and this is one of them. <laughs> it's this this is this is this is rough. This is rough only because it was so hastily put together because someone lost their smile and vacated the championship because they didn't wanna they didn't wanna put Bret Hart over. Ain't that yeah. right, Sean? <laughs> Honestly, they should have just made this match like the Kevin Nash one. <laughs> like, legit? They, they should. literally just should have been the two of them just big booting each other for like 10 minutes and they probably would have been like a five star. But it wasn't. It was just... It exists. It exists. Like, it, it is a match where it exists. Which is why, like, the only shot you see from this match is that is Taker posing with the championship. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It's the only part of the match anyone sees nowadays. Um, again, shame, because, you know, who in the world could live up to, again, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin? You know, actually, it was this that wasn't even the match that went on <laughs> after Bret and Austin. It was Ahmed no. Johnson and the Legion of Doom versus the Nation of Domination. <laughs> well, the secret is that I know that Ahmed Johnson was not trying to be better. <laughs> Apparently, he pissed off Hawk <laughs> afterwards during that match. Oh, during and afterwards that after the <clears> match. Do you know why? Uh, was it for existing? No, it was because Ahmed Johnson stole the Legion of Doom um, spiked shoulder pads. <laughs> he he thought he <laughs> thought they were a gift from Hawk and Animal, but they weren't. <laughs> That's based. <laughs> My guy just left. Oh. Ah, cool, cool. See ya. <laughs> oh, you got. Oh, I love it. I love it so. 
So yeah, we would finally get the uh, we would finally get the first in Kane and Undertaker's encounters at WrestleMania in the next year at WrestleMania 14 in a Inferno match. Now, Inferno matches are dog water. I don't care what people say. I agree. I agree. It's just not. It's for the simple fact of. Um, WWE will never actually commit to setting someone on fire, and I know that sounds like a goofy ass statement. They did. They tried to with Kane, but only because he was wearing a long sleeved kind of like uh, the long sleeved top part of his um, outfit that he usually wears. And I think if you're has, doing like, a match which involves setting someone on fire, you get Kane. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying you necessarily have to commit to it, but like you know, with WWE, you know, with them, that they're not gonna go the whole way. Like, that's the thing. Well, it could be worse. It could be Kane versus Bray Wyatt, Wyatt, uh, Wyatt in the Ring of Fire match. Oy vey. <laughs> but, yeah, again, this match went a very long time. If memory serves me correct, I think it went over half an hour. It might even be a... might be... might be... might be that. It might be... It was either 20 minutes or half an hour. I can't remember off of the top mm-hmm. of my head. Uh, all I do know is that it had, the, of course, Austin versus Michaels. It's the only thing I think a lot of people remember about WrestleMania 14. Um, yeah. Yeah, not much to sing home about. Taker and Kane would have a much better match, uh, not, not uh, well, down the line, uh, eventually. We get now to possibly the most infamous of of Undertaker's matches in his streak. We get to WrestleMania 15, 1999, from the first Union Center in <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's Undertaker versus Big Boss Man in a Hell in a Cell match. Oh, man. This, we are deep into the Ministry of Darkness, Undertaker. You know, Asa Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, this is Ministry Undertaker. In his... Who's both simultaneously the greatest menace to the known universe, but also the funniest looking man ever. Exactly. At least we got an iconic entrance with the druids with the stick with like the fi- like the fire sticks. This, the is the first one. this is the first one with the druids, isn't it? This yeah. is the first one with the druids, yeah. Hey, gotta love the druids. So this Hell in the Cell match. Not a lot of people talk about it because not really much mattered. It was your kind of like by the numbers, safe as chips, hell in a cell match without, of course, anyone taking massive, massive bumps, Mick. Uh, but all that anyone remembers about this match oh, is the what happened after the bell rang. So Taker wins with help of the Ministry of Darkness. But... They don't end it with Boss Man being on the floor, succumbed to the bit, uh, succumbed to the Tombstone pile driver. Undertaker orders the Ministry to pick up Big Boss Man, and a noose descends to the middle of the cell. Taker puts Big Boss Man into the noose, and then orders the he- orders the cell to be lifted, lifting Big <laughs> Boss Man up with it. Okay, so <clears throat> there are many things that could be said about this. <laughs> what that uh, this is a this is this is a quite a uh, this is an image for people to say that all cops are bad. Well, I was gonna say <laughs> does, does by virtue of this existing 
mean that Undertaker at the time believed in ACAB? I say no. <laughs> is is the is using the image to promote the belief of ACAB um, unbelievably hard? Yes. <laughs> now, 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 I will I will disagree slightly. I will disagree slightly because I mean, after this gimmick was Biker Taker. That's and true. Biker Taker, Biker Taker, being a biker was a cab. I, I think I have to stick up for him there. <laughs> but, but no, but 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 I, okay. Well, to be fair, I'm thinking about it in retrospect. So, <laughs> knowing Undertaker now, I know that he does not stand for that. Yes. But the existence of this image, um, is quite possibly the most actively um a cab the Undertaker's ever looked. But um, uh, yes. On a serious note, like. Who looked at this and was like, all right, Undertaker, you're going to hang him. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just like, I have come up with the greatest idea ever created. <sighs> yeah, if this was less more about less about wrestling and more about this pick goes unbelievably hard, then yes, this would be the winner of the Undertaker streak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only way you could go, the only way you could go up from Butterbean versus Bart Gunn on the same card is having Big Boss Man, I guess, getting hung. <laughs> I guess. Jesus. Yeah, this is uh, this is considered one of the worst matches in Taker's streak. I wonder yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Taker would take. Uh, a quite a long break after this, uh, missing WrestleMania 2000. But of course, he would come back as the American Badass, and we get his match against Triple H, the first of three matches he would have with Triple H at WrestleMania 17. Basically, I feel like this was put together because both of them weren't, didn't have anything going, and basically just like, you know what, we're going to put you two in a match together. And just go nuts. And that's exactly what they did. And it was fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, See, that's, that's, what, is the, what is the greatest secret to wrestling booking? <laughs> just go out there and just go nutty. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, love it so. I love it so. Great match. If you want to hear us talk more about it and go more in depth, go check out our review on WrestleMania 17, everybody. Yeah, we had to split it up it. to yeah. two parts because of just how big that that event was. Yeah, that show is bloody massive. Yep. So we get to 10 and 0. And, the, and of course, we had murmurings of the streak at WrestleMania 17. But I feel like this was the time it was kind of like front and center. Uh, WrestleMania actually... 18 was, was right full front and center on this one. Yes, yes, yes. When, yes, the, it was uh, seven. It was actually um, WrestleMania 17 where the streak was actually mentioned the mm. very first time. So, and this there you beautiful. Go. At some point, like even after like four and oh, someone would have mentioned it. Nope, but hey, good old JR finally mentioned it, and it became a thing. It was because weird, like because it was like Edge's streak wasn't mentioned until. Of course, we get to his match uh, at WrestleMania 24. The Edge's winning streak wasn't mentioned until, like, he challenged The Undertaker. Like, obviously, yeah. it's not a thing that you, they, you probably, they probably went in being like, oh, yeah, we're going to have this guy win every year at Mania. Mm. But, like... 
But like you would think, like once once he's won like four matches at WrestleMania, surely that's enough for people to be like, oh damn, we'd be paying attention to this guy. <laughs> like you win Wimbledon twice in a row, like oh my god. Let me watch his Wimbledon. Nah. <laughs> Not me, but I have to live with it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you poor baby. I love Wimbledon. But anyway, continue. <laughs> so yeah, WrestleMania 18, we get Undertaker versus Ripley in a no DQ match. Um, I quite enjoy this match. I think mostly because this is what this is Ric Flair's first mania in ten years, and it's just Ric Flair being like, I'll just go extra for the Undertaker in this one. <laughs> yep. You know, as Flair always tends to do. Um, but yeah, this was the first time this is kind of like a oh, if he wins this, this is ten and oh at WrestleMania for The Undertaker. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal for him, but he's going up against the greatest of all time in the in Ric Flair. And I remember the Sky Dome going nuts for when Flair did have Taker in the figure four leg lock. I remember that moment. They did pop quite huge for that. But of course, Taker being Taker does end up getting the W on this one. And we are 10-0 in his streak at WrestleMania. Now, welcome to the weirdest entry in Undertaker's streak. So it's 2003. Undertaker is deep into his run as the American badass and being the biggest dog in the yard. You know, all of that good stuff. He's just come off that run, of course, as the undisputed champion. Um, that 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 role he did have as the as kind of like the bad, the big be all bad all guy of the WWE. He had that great ladder mm-hmm. match against Jeff Hardy on Monday Night Raw. Banger. He had that incredibly violent uh, Hell in a Cell match against Brock Lesnar for the WWE uh, undisputed championship. If you've ever seen that one, that match, bucks. But now we see Undertaker in a mentor role for the newly debuted Nathan Jones. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember the what Colossus of Borgo Road? No, I do not. <laughs> You're telling now, me you don't remember Nathan Jones? Now, Nathan Jones <laughs> has much more of a more successful career as a... Uh, uh, as a actor uh he's been in troy i know he was in mad max fury road as well basically whenever you need a ginormous bald dude nathan oh, jones is the guy oh, you yeah. usually go yeah. to he was oh yeah yeah i know i remember him yes. he was awesome in that in, in fury road i mean everyone was but he was awesome <laughs> he was hey you ever wanted to see him wrestle <laughs> Because, I mean, because here's the thing: the original intention for this match coming up was that it was going to be Undertaker and Nathan Jones squaring up against A Train and Big Show, but it got turned into a two-on-one handicap match where on Sunday Night Heat, Nathan Jones was attacked in the Safeco Field shower rooms by Undertaker and a, uh, by sorry by Big Show and A Train. Now the reasoning behind this was because he wasn't good. He wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, just no. wasn't good. <laughs> oh, All this no. hype surrounding him, being the Colossus of Bogo Road, you know, the the powerlifter that survived a stint in in, in 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 an Australian prison, you know, he was tough, he was hardened, he was crap at wrestling. 
<laughs> but the, the, the thing is, is, they did all this stuff where, like, yeah, he's been in prison fights. They some for some reason they them selling him as being from Australia meant something. Yeah, like, like, like I like I know obviously Australia has a reputation that precedes its animal life, not its people. Yeah, <laughs> like anyway, like you know he's Australian because he's got didgeridoos in his theme music. Like, like they really went all in. They're like, this guy is Australian. And I'm just like, <laughs> he's fucking huge. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but yeah, they, they put all this thing into him. I assume probably as a thing to be like, oh, maybe if we get him, we can like get into the Australian market. Of which I have to ask, why Nathan Jones? Why not literally anyone else? Big, beefy dude. That's just Vince's mission the entire time. Big, beefy dude. But this got turned into a two-on-one handicap match. I do have fond memories of this one, mostly because 19 has a special place in my heart, as it was kind of... As I really got more into professional wrestling, it was the very first one I got to... Um, got to... I was allowed to stay up for. Like, like usually when I watched Manias, I was told, like, by the pay-per-view watch the rerun of it on Sky Box Office. But this was the first time I actually got to stay up and watch it live. Mm. And I'm very glad. So in a sense, I kind of have a little bit of a of, of, of a close affinity with this mania. Um and this match, it's not too bad in the grand scheme of things. It's a it's a typical big hoss match, except now with the stipulation that Undertaker's streak looks very much like it's in jeopardy. Against two, against Big Show and A Train, but in a in a weird turn of events, Nathan Jones makes the save for the Undertaker, <laughs> and for the first time in a few years, actually, Taker ends uh, a match with the Tombstone Pile Driver. And we get the one, two, three, and of course, this was uh, during the time where America was just about to make. It's um, uh, presence known yeah. in 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 Iraq uh, and Afghanistan. Yes, uh, and that's why Undertaker was especially patriotic at there uh, during this because I believe one of yeah his they really members... had the under they really had the Undertaker going crazy with it. So I believe one of his relatives, <laughs> it might have been his brother, was uh, was serving a tour there as well. So there was kind of like a special kind of incentive to to do that as well. Uh, I do remember Jim Ross after that match, of course, going like talking about the the troops overseas. You know, kick the ass and come back home that's okay so that is very confused like I, that makes sense like objectively right mm. but the undertaker having an allegiance to america is a staggeringly confusing <laughs> to me it's really weird it, isn't it? It, it, it is until you remember that this is US media. <laughs> yeah. Post yeah. 2000. Yeah, I know, but like of all the character of all the characters to be rara americana, the undertaker, yeah. the yeah. undead wizard, <laughs> the lich is, from is, is, a, Valley. Is, is is in is in fact a choice. That is a choice, but okay. The Amer the American bad lich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so WrestleMania twenty, 
he goes up once more against his brother Kane, and we see the return of the dead man. And all right, before we get into this, right, WrestleMania 20, Madison Square Gardens, the last time they've ever set foot in Madison Square Garden, believe it or not. So it's been a good t- nearly 20 years since they put a mania on at Madison Square Garden, which I say. I don't care if it's a small, like, they exclusively do stadium shows now. I don't care that it's not a big enough place. Like, there was 20,000 people there. I reckon they should run another Mania at Madison Square Garden purely because just the visual of it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and, of course, MSG is such a huge... I mean, we did an entire episode on MSG. That yeah. place is just an incredible... An incredible setting for professional wrestling. So, do it like don't be a coward and do it again. <laughs> do it yeah. again, WWE. Um, as long as they don't, work. as long as they don't get into the whole fuss about like who's allowed to run shows there and who isn't. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. We don't basically. Need basically, if it has the initials MSG, it's probably good. Exactly, exactly. Now, what an what an amazing entrance from the pair of them, like. Kane with his like New York on fire uh, Tron entrance, which was amazing. And of course, the return of Paul Bearer, the druids with the torches, and the funeral march music as well. God damn, Jim Johnson, you are incredible. <laughs> yeah, boy. Oh, not <laughs> this match doesn't Kane, even Kane. last long as well. Yeah, it does. But, and also, Kane, does a, Kane has a great. Great look of like screaming that this shouldn't be possible. Yes, it's great. It's You're not so good. real. <laughs> I just love that because he like he timidly goes up to try and touch Taker as well, and Taker's just like does the soup bones and is immediately like on Kane, like punching the hell out of him. It's it's so like this match is like I said doesn't go too long. It's only about eight minutes in length perfect timing because basically it's just like it's just seeing the return of the dead man more than anything i think is the thing that sold this match the most yep and i think which what sticks with a lot of people as well fun fact about this right taker was vehemently against returning as the dead man because he saw it as a bit more of a kind of like a crutch and a bit more kind of like having to remain in the confines of that character and not being, of course, more kind of like himself as he was with the American Badass. But Vince gave him, I think, no, it was, I think it might have been Bruce Pritchard actually that gave him the ultimatum of, all right, do it this way. Come back. We'll do it as a one-off. If you don't like it, you can revert straight back to, to Big Evil, the American Badass. But... If it's see if it received if it's received well and you enjoyed what you did, you can stay as the dead man. Could you imagine a universe where we still have Big Evil Undertaker? <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm gonna just say I know we're gonna, probably gonna get into it like during the actual during like the, when we actually do a retrospective yeah when we actually cover the Undertaker. But I I just want to stake it right now, right right now. No one gives a shit about Big Evil. I'm sorry, man. It's... I'm fucking sorry. There's two groups of people that like Big Evil. There's the people that just care about watching 
compilations of The Last Ride. The Last Ride. <laughs> and there's people who listen to new metal, which includes me. <laughs> and at this point, I don't even know if I like Big Evil Undertaker as much as I just like Limp Bizkit. Yeah, they are just, they're just inexorably linked. Like, I'm, I'm fairly sure at this point, Big Evil Undertaker, I could care, I couldn't really care much more or less about. But like, if I saw Big Evil and he didn't have Limp Biscuit, then I'd be mad. Yeah, it's really the Limp Biscuit that's doing it for me. I like Limp Biscuit. That's the grand summary from this. I have achieved nothing in this conversation. <laughs> ah. Yes, I, I guess in that means you are always Fred Durst in SmackDown. Just bring it as well. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that fact. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't it weird that the second musical guest uh, character on, on a WWE game is Bad Bunny? The first was Fred Durst. Oh no, he would have been the third because Machine Gun Kelly was last year. But Machine Gun Kelly, really? Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly was last year. So there's been three musical acts that have been guest characters in WWE games. Fred Durst, Machine Gun Kelly, and Bad Bunny. What One of these things bizarre. is not like the other. What a bizarre list. And I'm talking about <laughs> the man who 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 decided it would be great to cheat on Megan Fox. Honestly, Sam, like, all of these things are not like the others. <laughs> Did you know that wasn't even Fred Durst's only appearance in a video game? Because he appeared on Fight Club The Game. God, there was a game of fuck. You know, we'll move on. But we'll uh, move on. <laughs> that is a thing, isn't it? <laughs> okay, WrestleMania 21, 13th opponent, Randy Orton, the first person to finally kind of explicitly go for the Undertaker to end the streak. What a build up to this match! He was full into his Legend Killer gimmick at this point. Like we're talking uh... like peak Legend Killer gimmick, and he's going straight for the big dog of the yard. <laughs> He, was, I, he goes so far as to bring his dad in to help him out with this as well. I really did love the... Re I know, like, it's probably, like, diminishing returns. Maybe it's nostalgia, but I really dug the Legend ki Killer gimmick. I really did. Oh, Legend Killer Randy Orton's freaking awesome. Oh, man. Freaking awesome. And what a match this is as well. Like... Talking about WrestleMania 21, which, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we may get into a little <laughs> bit next week. But no, WrestleMania 21's fucking, like, across the board was fucking awesome. We had, we had Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero in a match. Wasn't as good as their encounter at, at um, Halloween Havoc in 97. But in my, in my honest opinion, in terms of... Of what we got at Mania, a Mania match between the two of them, it was good. It was really good. We had the very first Money in the Bank ladder match, which Edge won. Granted, we had Trish Stratus versus Christy Hemi for the Women's Championship, but you know. It was a different time. Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle. Oh, what a match that fucks. Aki Bono versus The Big Show in a Super match. <laughs> This is wrestling heritage right here. <laughs> but we had John Cena and JBL for the WWE Championship. And of course, we had Batista versus Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. But this match, Taker versus Orton. Ha! Huh! One of Taker's best matches at Mania. Yes. Because these two, like the reversal of the of the RKO, 
the um the counters of the choke slam into the RKO, the like the tit for tat going for the big moves, the counters into the other big moves. Awesome. Fun fact, Orson was supposed to be the one to end the streak, was the first person to be told we might have you end the streak. But Orton, out of respect for Taker, was like, I don't want to be the guy to do it, to be quite honest. Yeah, this is where it becomes a very interesting... This is a very, like, important match in terms of the streak. It's the first one where it's actively, like, I want to break it. And it's the mm. first time where, like, like who is... If not, if not this guy, who... Mm, becomes yeah. a very important no both both in at both in like in and out of the locker room exactly exactly fun fact about this uh mania uh we'll go in i was gonna say if we ever talk about wrestlemania 21 i'll definitely bring it up again but originally i love talking about this one about 21 because there are a couple of people that were being uh ballyhooed for undertaker one of them funnily enough, would have been The Rock. Mm -hmm. But there was another idea that was given to The Rock. The Rock versus Sting. See, now that would have been awesome. That would have been great. <clears throat> that would have been out of this world in terms of, uh, of a WrestleMania match. Yo. Oh, that would have been great. Would have been awesome to have seen that. But hey-ho, we got what we got. And it wasn't a bad mania at all. Alright, WrestleMania 22. All-State Arena in Chicago. Casket match. Undertaker versus Mark Henry. I don't care what anyone says. This match actually is quite good. <laughs> yes. Again, I feel like Mark Henry gets underrated. Yeah. Um, like, Mark Henry is one of those guys where he just never really... Never really quite got to do. Never really, really, really got like his potential. You know what I mean? I, I've always said I feel like they never committed to the vision. Yeah. No, they never <clears> did. <throat> I mean, we got, we got, we got the world heavyweight championship run. I mm. feel like they capitalized on Mark Henry a little too late. Like the <clears throat> they whole, did. the they championship did. run, yeah. the Hall of Pain. You should have done that so much earlier for Mark. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Love the guy. Love this. We, we could we could have had we could have had so much more. Mm. Yeah. So so much more. But again, love this match. The the thing was is I feel like the the build up for this one is like Mark Henry, this big massive imposing dude who who pretty much kills people. Is like how can Undertaker survive that? And it's mm -hmm. just basically these guys. Mark Henry just absolutely flattening the Undertaker until the Undertaker just goes, "That's not gonna work for me, dude." <laughs> 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 and I love the fact the whole thing was how could Mark it's the same thing with the Yokozuna casket match it's like how could Mark Henry fit into the casket yeah <laughs> god <clears throat> damn it Vince <laughs> but no Mark like one tombstone and a rollover later Mark Henry's in the casket and Undertaker is 14 and 0 at Wrestlemania now we've talked about this match a number of times I feel like we need to talk about it again for the World Heavyweight Championship WrestleMania 23, Batista versus Undertaker. Hell his, yeah. One of his greatest <clears throat> ever opponents. I will keep saying it until I'm blue in the I face. I will keep saying it, and I will I will say this. This is probably my fate. One of... I don't know if it's 
exactly my favorite Undertaker match, but it's pretty damn close. Same. Same. <clears throat> just, what, what a match, man. Just, just, a, just a man. Just a man looking at the Undertaker going, oh, you dead, huh? <laughs> All right. Bet. And that's it. <laughs> like, that's literally. <laughs> it's so good, though. Just, I love just the, the own, like, the, like, and it takes years. It takes up till Brock Lesnar to for someone to actively go. Well, maybe Triple H, maybe. But the <laughs> only, but at this point, the only one to kind of go like, so you're the dead man, huh? All right, let's test that theory to its <laughs> absolute <laughs> limit. The I, first, I, it, it, it's the it's the thing I always say about. If you're going to have The Undertaker against another big wrestler, right? <clears throat> you just got to commit to the thing of they, they've got to be able to like throw The Undertaker about. And Batista does that. <laughs> yes. Oh, and throw him about, he does. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I, I, he does, yeah, he does reverse the old score at one point, doesn't he? He just like literally bolts him off the top. Yeah, yeah, literally. He just, he just, he just like throws him off. I love it. Just, love it so just, much. Just, abso- just absolutely nah, nah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm We're not like... having any of your dead wizard nonsense coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, okay. Time. I know you're trying to do your Undertaker stuff. That I. Right, that's cool. Anyway, power <laughs> slam. <laughs> God, this is really just. We just wanted Batista two with Brock Lesnar, didn't we? We'll get to it, but. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, anyway. So, talking about another great match of his, he would go on again to challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 24 against Edge in a. Oh, this match, I I would go as far as this. I think the Edge match gets overshadowed because it's sandwiched between quite possibly two of his best WrestleMania matches today. Mm-hmm. But this match is incredible because of the story going into it of course the numbers are stacked with undertaker because not only is edge the world heavyweight champion and having going on an outrageous run he's in cahoots with vicky guerrero in a relationship with vicky who was the general manager of smackdown basically all the odds are stacked against him he can't use his new submission the hell's gate because apparently that's been banned and then unbanned and yada yada. Shenanigans are plenty. There's shenanigans throughout the entire match. This match also sees the greatest run that Charles Robinson has ever had in his career <laughs> for the hot pick. I'm just going to say this. Uh, the Undertaker having a submission, while I appreciate the addition to his arsenal, feels goofy. Yeah, it really does. I get this it. Is, but, this, is, yeah. this is the dead man in his MMA run. It's yeah, very, literally. It's, it's, it's goofy. Crazy. I'm sorry. Uh, it's it, I I'm 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 always of two minds about it. I'm always of two minds about it. God. Looking at the list up to this point, like Edge really becomes like well Batista definitely, but Edge solidifies it like this is like the golden run of the streak matches. Yes. This is this is when like when people kind of like no matter what, even if it's a shit WrestleMania, you can go like well. At least the streak match is going to be fucking fire. I feel that this is where we got a lot of casual fans going, I wonder what The Undertaker's up to this year. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I feel this match definitely solidified that. And it is a, by golly, go back to watch it. It's a great, it's a great, great match. And 
I, I'm happy to know that those two still managed to put on a good match that the crowd are into, especially considering that freaking not only did Floyd Mayweather and Big Show go on just before it, but of course they had just had Shawn Michaels retiring Ric Flair as well. Yeah. Also, like, I, I mean, but the Floyd Money Mayweather is the greatest, is one of the greatest um, celebrity matches, as we've said before. So <laughs> I disagree slightly. But anyway. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, probably <clears throat> two of the most iconic WrestleMania matches in modern times. Definitely serves up there as probably one of the best matches WWE has put on. It's WrestleMania 25, Reliance Stadium. Shawn Michaels <laughs> versus The Undertaker. What have, can I say that's already been said about how good this match is? Jesus Christ. Jesus like, Christ. Talk about two people that are like completely synonymous with the event. Mm, Actually yep. just pulling out all of the things, all of the greatest hits that they've put on at WrestleMania. But it's, still... It's the... It's the two things of like this is WrestleMania clashing for the first time, and it's just as fucking hype as you think it would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This match goes crazy. <laughs> it goes so crazy. If not for the fact as well, we also get Undertaker dumping himself on his head with the botched, uh, <laughs> which oh, is mate. It's so good and yet so bad. <laughs> I just like how he folds up like an accordion <laughs> when he I see people be there and talk about that. Arguably, I think it makes it better. No, it does. It's one of those things where where the botch makes it a thousand times better. And in a cruel twist of irony, guess who was the cameraman that was supposed to catch the Undertaker? Who? Sim Snooker. <laughs> Oh, mate. Jim's, Jimmy's adopted son. <laughs> like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> Life works in cycles. <laughs> really, really does. Oh, what a tremendous match, though. I feel like the first, this is like the very first time I think they were definitely teasing that The Undertaker is indeed, um, uh, can be um, defeated. This yeah. was definitely the first time that they were teasing it because there were some real close calls here on this one. Um, as is in case their second match as well at WrestleMania um, <clears throat> at 26 at, at, uh, in Arizona, which the, stip the added stipulation <laughs> being on that one, it was streak versus career. Okay, can I talk about one part of this match? Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, it's born again Christian Shawn Michaels. Oh God, yeah, where he was yeah. wearing the white take <laughs> gimmick and it was ascending from the heavens. Yeah, it's so good. What? Oh wait, I've no, got to find that gift. It's gift so good. Of, I've got to find it's that so gift. It's so good of, in terms um, of like thematic terms. I've got. To find oh that. my fucking god, does it feel so goofy? <laughs> I've no, got to find that you, gift you know, of him. You know, you know what it is that makes it feel so goofy. It's you know. It's, you know, born again, Shawn Michaels, descending from the heavens, all of the, you know, 
all of the clouds and stuff. It's a great little opening. And like, you know, that's how it goes. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's a good. I've like, got to find that the... gif of yeah. Shawn Michaels doing the Tom Cruise smile to the camera. <laughs> you, yeah. And you know what, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I found but, it. Like, it's, this... it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. But also, but also, like. And then it just goes into sexy boy. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the bit that makes me laugh. Born again Christian turns into a stripper. I'm just a sexy it's, boy. It's the it's the the stripper savior of Christ. <laughs> I I love it because it, it's it's so funny. Just because it, this is a wrestling show. Yes, and I'm seeing a man have a quasi religious experience. While he oh. wrestles an undead wizard in the, the greatest retelling of the Bible you've ever seen. <laughs> I can't remember what book that's from. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh. I, I mean, I mean, from the Book of Mark. <clears throat> book of Mark, man. There you go, then. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh. But I feel like... The Book of Mark about... Calloway. <laughs> book of Mark, dude. You think this is fake? <laughs> No, but I feel like you can't talk about 25 without talking about 26 because there's so much both of them bring to the table and both tell such a... Like, both together tell such a huge story about about Taker and Sean as well. Yeah. Um, And I think think this is the first... And it's the first... um, It's the first one where he... Where the Undertaker actively refuses. Yeah. Which is very interesting. My answer is no. I remember that uh, one so vividly. It's the first time as well that someone came up to actually uh, like demand a rematch against the Undertaker as well. I mean, I feel for a lot of people, I feel like this. We all felt this was a one and done. But when he got top, when Sean was kind of like itching at the bit and demanding a rematch, we were kind of. It was also no, they wouldn't do that. No, they no, they're gonna run it back. They're running it back. I would give the edge to twenty five though. Uh, as, as as the better match out of the two, I think mostly because just the 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 batshit insanity that Twenty Five has, as well as the born again born again stripper, uh, Shawn Michaels. Hey, yeah, there is no bad answer. I always like Twenty Six just a little bit more. I I feel I feel like you know the fact that it's like it's Shawn Michaels' last last match. We don't talk about Saudi Arabia. It's- Last match. <laughs> I feel like that. Plus, just the sheer like the sheer furious desperation between the two of them just makes it pop just that little bit more for me. Yeah. Mm. I I generally go to twenty six because I like the added stakes. Yeah. I think it makes it a little bit more frantic. But if you prefer twenty five, then you're completely valid. Exactly. That's just personal preference. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. In a show of solidarity to to his friend and to avenge his loss and hit the end of his career, the next year at WrestleMania 28, we get Triple H uh, versus Taker in a no-holds-barred match. But this wasn't the original intention. This was the an 11th-hour decision. Because who was The Undertaker supposed to face this year in 2011? At the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, Georgia? It was supposed to be Sting versus Undertaker. And that it's... makes that 
that makes it hurt even more because out, out of like this golden age run I gotta say this is the one this is the match of the golden age run where it's still they're all still good but this is the one that I this I I like the least mm-hmm. yeah and I've, mostly because I think 20 28 was such a Oh, sorry, twenty-seven. I should say, because uh, twenty-eight yeah. was the next year, and uh, that was the that was the rock one. But no, twenty-seven was such a such a lackluster one, as well. Uh, I feel the only the only thing that was kind of really holding it together was that Rock was announced as the host. Do you remember the time where they were where the rumor was going around that Justin Bieber was going to be the host of WrestleMania twenty-seven? I do. I don't <clears> remember. And that, everyone actually. kicked up a shitstorm, and then they called. Yeah, but that, that was because we were still in the prime era of hating Justin Bieber for existing. That's yeah. very true. Like people had become disconnected to the fact of why people hated him at first, which was the fact he was an industry plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, okay. yes, just to clarify, he he is in fact yes an industry plant, but that's a separate point. He's an industry <laughs> plant that can actually perform. So. <laughs> But uh, no, we got we had the Miz versus Cena as the main event as well, and it just didn't seem. And we got Michael Cole getting a WrestleMania win. Uh, this ah uh, yes, the match that should never have existed. Exactly, never exactly. God. We got fucking Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus for the US title in a dark match. That shows you what they thought about everyone here. <laughs> the mindset was very far away from where it should have been. Exactly, yep, yep, yep. exactly. But. It's not the it's not the worst match. If anything, it, I feel it's, it's the strongest match on the card was Taker yeah, versus Triple like, H. It was, and it's not a bad match. But it, it but it, my big problem with it is a very simple one. It's a how much can he take against Triple H, and it's just it's just kind of annoying. Yes. Like like because we are like. At this time, before like he wins, obviously spoilers. But like at this time, he is eighteen and zero, eighteen and fucking zero. He is like at this point the height, the height of like he is final boss of of WrestleMania, mm-hmm. right? Like yes. the absolute like no matter what you do, this is the hardest fight you can be in on the card in WrestleMania, without question. So the idea that the Undertaker, the fucking Undertaker, the Phenom is on the back foot for an entire, an entire WrestleMania match. It's just wrong. It's just... Like it, like it's actually, it's actually against what. It's actually kind of against the rules that they've cod- codified of the street. Are you telling me that WWE was subverting our expectations? Ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, I really. In, in my I, video essay, I will begin to analyze the methods for how they subvert expectations. No, we won't uh, be doing that. We won't be doing that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like it's a like it's a good match. It ends like really well. I actually, I actually really like how it ends. The submission many. finish, yeah, yeah. I feel, in terms of the, the I, I will let it. I'll let that one go because of the way that Triple H hesitated to do the sledgehammer shot, and Taker was like. No, oh, you're gonna pay for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, we're ending this now. Fuck this. <laughs> but it was the first time that Taker was also stretched out in a sense as well during a match, which I yeah. guess, which means you know what that means. Triple H was close, so we got to run it back one more time because he can't do. Because I say, remember, uh... can't do, has to do what Sean does. 
this brings us to the, why this brings us to why the, however 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 we However. bring to the better match, I feel, that like, of the two. Oh, I love this match so fucking much. The end it's of like... the era Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania 28 with Shawn Michaels as special guest referee. Right, now, I'm, a, all right, I'm with you, Dad. I'm a little bit annoyed that, again, he has to copy exactly what Shawn does and run it back one more time. That it is. said, though... It's a better second take. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're gonna, if, you, if you're gonna, like, do that, I'm so glad it's this because I fucking love this match so much. <laughs> I love it so much, you guys. I remember a lot of people really liking this match. As yeah, there well. were a lot of people. Yeah. I do like it. Um, I think just, I mean, I haven't been back and watched it since this happened, but I watched, I kind of watched it at the time. Mm. And really, my only thing going through my head was, oh, why are we doing this again? This is yeah. good, but I feel like I've had too much. But yeah, that is the one <laughs> thing out of like. The, I'm looking at it like, yeah, this is the longest streak match that they ever did. This is mm. the longest one. And yeah, yeah it does <laughs> kind of feel it. How long is what? it again? It About is half an hour. I was yeah, going to say, is... it's like 29 minutes I had in my head. No, but... like, uh, I've got the Wikipedia on. According to Wikipedia, it is 30 minutes and 50 seconds. Okay, all right. I wasn't far off. Yeah, you weren't far off. But I... I think that I really think like it makes it work where it becomes a wrestling match. Then a how much can he take? And then it just kind of switches to a fucking psychological horror movie. Yes. Yeah. And at the end, it's kind of like the the three people in the ring going, "We're the old dogs, and we uh, we are the old dogs that are going to be taken out to the <laughs> to the back yeah. now, aren't we? Oh, yeah. This is it. This is the end. <laughs> Yeah, this is it. This is the end of the era. We twenty and oh, absolutely perfect. Great, fan great, great match. Uh, honestly, as I said, out of the three Triple H matches, yeah, I would say twenty eight is the best one out of the three uh, Triple H yeah. matches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With seventeen close second, twenty seven being third. If you ask me. Okay, this brings us to the final, final victory. In Undertaker's streak. WrestleMania 29 at the MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. It is Undertaker versus CM Punk. In what I think is a really good match from the pair of them. Mostly because... It is, it is a good match for what it is. This, the story behind <laughs> this is pretty much... As everyone... If anyone's heard the CM Punk Art of Wrestling episode. Punk was incredibly fucking pissed off. Because he was not given... What really should have been the main event which would have been him versus Cena versus Rock in a triple threat match for the championship which I felt you know yeah. what well, that could have sold but we got twice in a lifetime so you know that's neither here nor there and he was being given this he was being kind of like given the company kind of like shield from Vince of saying oh well, you are in the main event you're facing the Undertaker of course you're in the main event this is the time where they would have like five main events on the cards <laughs> um so we are getting a very pissed off CM Punk going up against The Undertaker. And this is coming like and this is coming off of uh, Undertaker's well starting to kind of wind down a little bit more now in his career making the only appearance now he makes in the WWE is lead up to WrestleMania. Yeah. WrestleMania. I appear for WrestleMania now. Yeah. And so and of course, this is two weeks before, after I should say, this event takes place two weeks after the untimely passing of Paul Bearer as well. So there's a little bit of a more of an emotional bit part to this uh, 
entire match. It's not a bad match. If honestly, if you talk about 29, it's... I, I, I hate to say it, it's a very forgettable WrestleMania, if only for the fact it that... It is. It is. The, the, the good matches that I remember, it was the Shields debut, uh, WrestleMania... And they had ended up having to go up against Big Show, Orton, and Sheamus. Um, the other matches I remember from this one were uh, Taker versus Punk, uh, Triple H versus Brock Lesnar, Cena Rock 2, and yeah, that's about it. Okay. Okay. I need to talk about this match. I need to talk about this match. This, this match is not the best. It's not the best streak match. It's not. No. It is, without question, my fucking favorite match. My fucking favorite streak match. Like, hands down. Hands down. Mm-hmm. It's not, it is... The intensity of this match yeah. under lead-up is unmatched in every single one. It is CM Punk at his most unhinged... <laughs> Probably like stemming from his anger, but he really put that into it. It has living color, fucking performing. Yep. It has, without a doubt, my favorite entrance of the Undertaker yep. with the fucking graveyard hands, with yep. the with a, uh, an image that will live burned in my memory to the day I die. It has. CM Punk showing utter disrespect. Mm-hmm. It has one of the great moments of, and it has one of my favorite shots, which is CM Punk. I can't remember what he's got um, the Undertaker in, like choking him out, and then he fucking does the Undertaker kick out. Yeah. And it's just a shot of the Undertaker looking more angry than I've ever seen a man ever look. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And CM Punk looking like a, oh shit, 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 shit. The only problem with this match, the only issue is that CM Punk doesn't fucking win. Yeah. He should have won. Mm-hmm. And like, and I know, like hindsight is a bitch, but seriously, with the fact that, like, like everyone can see that the Undertaker is only making like these appearances, BM Punk is white fucking hot. No one would have complained. Everyone would have been shocked, but the stadium would have gone off. I know that, and like, I guess maybe because poor, maybe, maybe it's because Paul Bearer died. Maybe, but honestly, I still think they should have pulled the trigger. He should have been the twenty. He should have been the one in twenty and one. And it's, ah, uh, it's it's so like I want to like scream each time I see it. Just like, just let him win this one. Everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. I agree. hundred percent so, because uh, we're we because we're getting on stuff right. But I'm. I, would you count this as me jumping ahead because we're talking about this? Let's jump ahead. Okay, look, I'm going to say this. Brock Lesnar did not need the streak win. Mm. I'm going to say it. He did yeah. not need it. I think no. even we he all, himself has we, admitted that he, <clears throat> he didn't need it. We we all know that is the case. Yes. Okay, good. Because <clears throat> what 
does Brock Lesnar have to gain from that? We already know how much of a monster he is, and rest and WWE have put so much stock into proving that. Like, well, at that point, he was <clears throat> God. He was a legend. At that point, <clears throat> was Brock Lesnar. Like, like we've gone past that point. And like, if you're not gonna give it to CM Punk, then like, uh, if you're not gonna give it to CM Punk in that match. Then like what? Where like where do you go with it? Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially because like it makes sense. Like you've literally booked the previous one to be an end of an era, mm. the end of an era. And so you, so like the end of an era, you've had it 20, 20 and zero. You give it to the next generation. And what? Who better to give it to CM Punk, a guy who, especially at that time, represented. The, the next generation. Like, the closest, like, if you're going to do it, and I know why, because, you know, obviously he was busy. The only other person, especially at that time, you give it to Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, because he was busy because of, like, the championship. Team Hell but, No and all that stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I know. But it's, if you, but he's busy. You give it to Punk, man. You give it to Punk. Like Damn if you it. don't if you don't give it to Punk, you commit to the future and you give you've got to set someone specifically in mind to do it. Although to be honest, at that point they were probably thinking Roman Reigns. Yeah, I know. Um, like, it's either, yeah, it's either that or you straight up like you have him retire undefeated. No one could do it. Exactly. Straight up. Straight exactly. up. See, no but, see, do it. see, I love that idea, mm -hmm. but like, if you are gonna put someone over. Yes. You get them to be the one. Yes, no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think absolutely. that's what a lot of people shocked a lot of people in that arena um, at 30, as well as everyone watching. I think everyone rested on the fact that I think, all right, I reckon, I think we all agreed Undertaker was going to retire undefeated. It looked that way. After Punk, because I was, I was very much like you, Reardon, and very much like Punk, Punk's winning this. And did it. And after that, I was like, okay, Punk, uh, Take is going to be undefeated. I think that's why everyone's stunned silence makes more sense when yeah, Brock yeah. won. It's like, well, fuck me. <laughs> was basically, yeah. That was my reaction. But that might my, my probably reaction. I, I literally, well, fuck me. No, <laughs> they I actually did I, it. I, I... I remember my because I, I watched it like a I watched it live on like my computer at my grandma not my at my mother's house mm. and I was just listening to it and I was just kind of going like okay oh yep here we go all right here we go one two three what <laughs> literally my like my I actually think like my vision blurred for like a good five seconds <laughs> I, I applaud the guy in the production truck that was going do not play. Brock's music for at least yeah. a good two minutes because yeah. we want people because that silence oh that spoke a thousand words yeah so much more than yeah. Brock's music yeah. going I, straight I, off yeah I give yeah I give it to them on that just having like like no silence to let people know we're not fucking kidding <laughs> oh it's... okay that so... moment's great but at the same time. I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> Brock probably wasn't the best person to break the streak. Then it wasn't the best person, and it, and what makes it worse is that, like, I I know probably due to the concussion and stuff, but it just it wasn't the best match. Yeah, 
And I and I don't and like and I you know and I wouldn't mind it too much in like if it's not the best match, but if at least it was like had the the feeling of the of a good match, like the feeling is important, especially at this point with the streak. Again, that's what I love so much about the CM Punk match is that it wasn't the best streak match, no, but it's just the absolute fire in the fucking belly of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so. That's the streak, but Undertaker's time at WrestleMania really didn't come to an end after that because, of course, at WrestleMania 31, he would end up actually having a match, a return match, um, to the WWE with uh, with Bray Wyatt. Now, the reasoning behind this was because, oh, both are, both are spooky guys, let's put them there. I Literally, that was the build-up. They ended up making Bray Wyatt a, a wizard as well. Which that yeah. was never Bray Wyatt's um, gimmick at all. It was he was a he was a Bayou cult leader. He was he never had magic. So that was yeah. I felt that was a little bit of a whiplash effect from that. Again, uh, I, I, God, it's, I that match is something. I I can't I, really say much about the match with Bray, which is a. I, I don't like this match, man. Mm-hmm. I don't like this match. And again, like, at this point in Junction, this is where the problem of, like, this is where, like, we've got, we get into, like, especially at this time in WWE, the problem of, like, what comes next, what's the future of the company. Because, we're like, at this point, we're right into the, like, the issues of of the company, the return people, the, I mean, this know, is not... this is the mania mm. when they had Sting, and I'm still yeah. fucking angry. Yeah. At that oh. one point, I don't care whether those guys are in their fifties. You should have just given the people what they want. Yeah. And that's yeah. Oh, yeah. versus Sting. Yeah. Give Undertaker versus Sting. No one would have cared who won or lost. It would have been <clears> great. Just we just wanted it. it. We just wanted it, and then you end it. But they didn't. They had it against Bray Wyatt, and you had him win against Bray Wyatt. If you're gonna do that match, you gotta go like, nope, he's the spooky boy now. And I would have been okay with it. I mean, he already lost, right? Exactly. There was, no- there was nothing to lose. <laughs> it, 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 oh, it bothers the shit. Talking about me. nothing to lose, let's talk about WrestleMania 32. It is Hell in a Cell match with Shane McMahon. Weird, you know, what a weird, what a weird build up as well. Yeah, just I still just want to know, like, what, what the, what was up with that? Yeah, who was like, yes, this is what people want to see. Yeah, and especially considering it's like it was like it was such a weird build up because it was like Vince McMahon basically like we've got the Undertaker to fight you. Like, listen, you're not, you're not Teddy Long. You can't do that. You can't summon. There's only two people who can summon the Undertaker. Teddy Long. That's it. That's it. Like, but so I don't. It's such a weird match, and it's like this is a match where it feels really. This is the only perfunctory. Yes. Like street match. That is the perfect word for this. Yes. It's like, and it's not even like a. I don't hate the match. I actually kind of, I actually like, if you get me on, if on a good day, I actually kind of dig it. But it's just like, <laughs> I, it's like, it's Shane McMahon doing his spot monkey stuff. I, you know, it has some I of the worst calling. Have you ever wanted to see Shane McMahon sweat heavily? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which, to be fair, is every Shane McMahon and if, match. But and if you ever want to hear Vince McMahon <laughs> shouting down Michael Cole's headset, 
for some of the worst commentary in professional wrestling, you go check that match out. Because there is yeah. some awful, like truly awful calls from Michael Cole in this match, including the for the love of mankind thing where Shane did the top, like from the top of the cell spot. Yeah. Yeah. Truly bad. Truly bad. You know, you know, you've actually maybe, you've, maybe you've, you've actually with that one reminder, you kind of maybe go, oh yeah, maybe this match wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It's just all the pieces when it puts. If together, I if I say this is this is this match is fine. Yeah. Exactly. It is fine. Yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, well. Oh well. Well. Oh, well. WrestleMania thirty three. Oh, 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 oh boy. We talk about Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker main eventing WrestleMania, may I add as well, which is very ballsy of them to do, if you ask me. I mean, well, given that we had Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the championship, and then we had Brock versus... I mean, it's Brock versus Goldberg. I would have expected Vince to put that as the, like, full-on yeah. main event. Okay. But, but as much as he loves Brock Lesnar... He also loves Roman Reigns. <laughs> and here's the thing. This match actually isn't bad. And if anything, I think this match really is probably the best ending they could have ever have given <clears throat> The Undertaker. <laughs> can I can I say this? Yes. The best piece of storytelling in this match is completely unintentional. Exactly. <clears throat> and I know that God willing, that uh, that moment would have never happened. <clears throat> mm. I think that moment... They, they mm. didn't want that moment to happen, but it happened. It's the best thing that happens in this match, and that is the reason why I actually rate it less. <laughs> like, what are you uh, what, you got to tell the people. you got to tell the people. Okay, so the moment the moment in this match is where um, they do like a double... They do like a double down, I think. I think they do like a double down after a spear. Yes. Um... And then the Undertaker tries to do the sit-up, but can't do it. He gets, like, halfway and then, like, flops back down. And I know they wouldn't have wanted that to happen, yeah. but it's brilliant as a piece of storytelling because it shows yeah. that the Undertaker is human. <laughs> yes. But they don't want that. No. And that's a problem. I just, yes. I, again, it, again, <laughs> even though it was not intentional, but it happened, it was, it's, it, the camera angle as well, and seeing Roman's face as well, it's like, no, this is telling, like, this is the, this is, this is it. This is the moment where Taker is human. This is the moment where, <laughs> this, this, this should end. have been, this is the this, end. Yeah, this should have been a planned moment in the last match. Yeah. If they yeah. knew exactly where they were going to finish it and who they wanted it to, t to take over, yeah. This should have been a planned spot, and I refuse to believe anyone who says that this was planned because it definitely wasn't. Because the Undertaker looks genuinely pissed that it happens, <laughs> but it is perfect. It is poetic, in so much that wrestling can be without going too far and making getting people writing seventeen-hour video essays on it. <laughs> Say um, hello, Super Eye Patch. <laughs> Actually, no, I, um, I, I, I joke, but that actually, his video essay in Undertaker is really good, actually. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's it's fantastic for that moment, but they don't want that moment to happen. So, All intents and purposes, though, this was what I would rate this as Roman's best main event at the time. Um, mostly because there was no, there was, there wasn't any, oh, there wasn't any world title bullshit that he had, that he had to 
go through yeah. at that time. And it was just straight up a wrestling match going, hey, I'm right now, you are the you are the past and the established part of this company. I'm here to tell you that I'm as good as you. That's it. And it worked. It worked. If anything, I think it was I for me it was like, you know what? You know, I I think I never had a problem. I always say this to people. I never had a problem with Roman as a wrestler and as a performer. I had a problem with the people around him trying to build him up as a main eventer. Correct. It's just because Correct. It, they, they were fucking hamstringing him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Suffering succotash and That's, all that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. The fact that maybe I could, I should probably give this one a rewatch now that like that era is far in the past. Yes. Then yes. <clears throat> you would have thought that was perfect end. You know, he hangs, he hangs his gloves hat and boots in the middle of the ring for crying yeah. out loud. That's, that's, that's the big thing that's like that's the we symbolic are done end. That is the symbolic end. But what did they do? They brought him back to face John Cena. For two minutes? What a bizarre fucking match. The funniest yeah. part is that Taker trained for a 45 minute slog and was told that they were only getting two minutes. I mean... He moves at least like he trained for 45 minutes. I'll give him that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that is the last Taker Mania match. Oh, wait. There's more. <laughs> oh, wait, no. There, oh, did, oh, did, do, do, we, do, we have, do we have to talk about Saudi Arabia? <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about Saudi Arabia. No, no. Come on. Come oh, the, on. Oh, so, do I have the to where, where, match. Oh, do I have to talk about the bone because that's technically not I, I say it's technically not a match. But at the same it's time It's called the Boneyard match and it was at a WrestleMania, so it counts. Alright. Fine. Let's Come talk on. about the Boneyard match. <laughs> Alright, here's my point about the Boneyard match. <laughs> uh hello Gallows and Anderson. <laughs> And hello to AJ doing some of the funniest faces in wrestling. Yes. Actually Listen. doing some of the best heel work, I think, as well. Just go, you oh. know what? You're still walking around because of your wife. <laughs> yes. Listen. Listen. Michelle McCool. <laughs> Michelle. Listen. Of all of the matches to be actually enjoyable, it is astounding that the Boneyard match is actually kind of enjoyable. In my thing I've said about cinematic matches, <clears throat> cinematic matches can either be brilliant or horrible, and it is hilarious how actually this is one of the better ones. Yeah. It's amazing how two like those two nights, we had two of the better cinematic matches. Like we had the Boneyard match, and then of course we had the Firefly Funhouse, which I still maintain is probably the 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 Gonzo most batshit insane wrestling match, and it's fucking awesome. The the the, the match that gave us Peacemaker, basically. Thanks, <laughs> appreciate you, babe. I still remember having a deep discussion with you, Reardon, about the Firefly Funhouse match after the after the fact. Oh. Incredible, but no. But as for the Boneyard match, as the last ever WrestleMania <laughs> match for the Undertaker, what a choice! I'm okay with it. It's I a ballsy one. It's a it's ballsy a choice, but also it almost in brand for Mark Calloway to ride into the sunset to James Hetfield going yeah. 
Yeah. He finally get it, and it actually worked. It <laughs> took him so goddamn Look, long. Look, if the Undertaker was going to exit at any amount of music, it was obviously going to be Metallica. <laughs> Yeah, because I I say as well at the show, I say this with zero irony. The un, uh, the Undertaker right now just looks like the average Metallica listener. I'm sorry, it really. Does. Metallica does. would hate me for saying that, but it's correct. I'm sorry, you are correct. I'm right there with you. I'll, <laughs> yeah. take, the and, I'll take the slings and arrows with that. <laughs> so yeah, that is the Undertaker's the streak. Plus a little bit more. His entire WrestleMania run in general. Basically, I think I think we all kind of can be in the agreement. The Undertaker was such an integral part of WrestleMania. It's been it's been weird to not see him there as as such. I'm getting I'm starting to get a little bit more used to it. I think I've got, yeah. And mostly because I think we've had such dare I say we've had banger WrestleManias in the past couple of years. That's for yeah. damn sure. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about like the under the Undertaker, it was that it was one of the great like band. It was like one of the great little bits of seasoning of WrestleMania for the longest time. It would make a great WrestleMania fucking fantastic. It would make a bad WrestleMania at least enjoyable for one match. Yeah, exactly. And, and now that but now that it's gone, it's kind of like shit. We literally do not have we we cannot rest on our laurels that the undertaker is going to save us we need to actually pull good matches and they have there have been some really good matches that would have been in the the taker slot mhm like, more gosh the next the year the year after that i mean gosh we had i, I if you ask me probably one of the best matches they've had in modern times it was bianca versus sasha so yeah dang son and then of course <laughs> Of course, we had freaking um, we had a uh, Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan the next night as well. So talk about like you know filling that void very freaking well. <laughs> and then of course last year, gosh, what can we talk say about bloody last year? That hasn't already been said. We had Steve Austin yeah. freaking return, which was yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> we had Cody Rhodes return, of course. Um. Dang, that yeah. was just ah, such a good mania. That was such Dang. a good mania last year. But uh, it's yeah, it's safe to say that Taker's streak will always live in flipping wrestling legend. That's for damn sure. Yes. Nothing. No, I mean, you can't understate that for Don for, for sure. And if anything, I think they're gonna. It's. I think they're gonna be. I think it's definitely gonna be WrestleMania is gonna be different, but it's not gonna yep. be like. It's not going to be worse without Taker being. No. Fact, matter of fact, I Absolutely. think it's been just as good. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question for you guys. If for for like the you know the casuals, if we could pick three WrestleMania matches, which to, for them to like, so this is a great WrestleMania match, Undertaker streak match. What do you want? What do you've Ooh. got? Okay. Three. Uh, Gonzalez. No. <laughs> <laughs> like legit if i was gonna if i was gonna say it if i want to take a deep cut pick i would i would dare people to go check out or let people check out diesel uh, as one mm -hmm. uh after that i would definitely <clears throat> recommend them go to watch batista yeah and uh, and then to go and watch 
uh, watch the Edge one. Because I think, again, as I said, because it's sandwiched between Batista and the first Shawn Michaels match, it gets overlooked a little bit more. Um, of course, you know, I could I could talk about the trilogy of Triple H and 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 the and the and the the, the one two of Shawn Michaels, but those are the three I would pick because it's like don't get talked about as lot as much, but they're still banger matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, if I had to recommend matches from the streak as in ones that at least i enjoy um obviously batista because it's batista um i would say the cm punk match yeah um and then if i if i really had to go for it those would probably be the main two i'd be like if you watch these two you can probably get the essence of what we're going for here yeah um Yeah, I'll say the I'll say the third Triple H one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I would go for. Yeah, yeah. I I do feel like I would I would definitely go for Edge because it's just so different. Mm. Sean first Shawn Michaels. I love the second. Mm. I the I like the I love yeah, the second fair. one, but, but I think the the first Shawn Michaels. And then the Triple H. Interesting. And if you and if like uh, the the final Triple Triple H three. And if and if you're really into it, CM Punk, that'd be that be mine. Good selection. Good selection. Well, that's the streak in general, and that's the end of this episode. Okay. Next episode, what I'm actually really looking forward to. It's very much in the vein of our review of WrestleMania the album, except. We're going to take it to WrestleMania 21 as we review and watch and review, I should say, the WrestleMania Goes Hollywood adverts that they did. (laughs) (laughs) I am so looking forward to this one. And 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 we're going to watch them, review them, and rate all of them. And I'm going to stake my case as to why the Pulp Fiction one is the best one out of the lot of them. (laughs) Okay. Okay. <laughs> but that's all to come up in the next episode. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Reardon and Dan. And you have been listening to the Sweet Chin Man podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Everybody. Bye.